Revelation chapter 12, verse 10a. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. This is the same loud voice that was heard in Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. They complement and parallel each other. The little season is now over. Their prayer in Revelation 6 is now answered. Revelation 6 said that the souls under the altar were, quote, slain for the word of God and their testimony which they held, unquote. In Revelation 12, verse 11, the loud voice was that of the souls who overcame him by the, quote, blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, unquote. Exactly the same as in Revelation 6, verses 9 through 11. Revelation 12:10 b For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Scripture reveals Satan has been making accusations since the Old Testament days right up to the present time against the believers of both the Old and the New Testament. Satan accused Job before God when he asked God, quote, Why would Job curse you when he has everything he could possibly ever want or need? Close quote. Satan only saw the material wealth of Job. But God saw the spiritual wealth of Job. Job knew the material things were just bonuses, icing on the cake, so to speak, and blessings given because of Job's faithfulness to the Lord. Everything we have belongs to the Lord. We are only caretakers of the things that God gives us. We can't take these things with us, and they have no spiritual value. Job 1 verse 21 he says quote, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return there the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the Lord Close quote. the accuser of our brethren is cast down and he is going to strike with a vengeance especially against Israel Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. This verse reveals the threefold way in which we can defeat Satan in our everyday lives. Anyone who is a true believer in Jesus Christ should know this verse, for it is the battle plan. First, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The tribulation martyrs are finally going to realize what Christians have known all along, that there is power in the blood of Jesus. It is the blood that washes us clean. Jesus died so we could live. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, 
they shall be as wool. Second, we can defeat Satan by the word of their testimony. Nothing drives Satan crazier or infuriates him more than a Christian who is willing to stand up and boldly proclaim his love for Jesus Christ and give his life-changing testimony to the unsaved. To Satan, it's bad enough that we are Christians and lost to his grasp forever. However, when we boldly claim it, proclaim it, tells others how we came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and how Jesus changed our lives, Satan has no way to attack. He can't defend himself because his ways and his followers' testimony lead to death. A Christian's testimony leads to life. Luke 12, verse 8 and 9, Jesus said, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before angels of God. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief does not come, expect to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. A Christian who keeps silent is, a bad, is as bad and as guilty as someone who denies Christ. Silence is denial. Third, they loved not their lives unto death. How strong are you if your very life was in the balance by saying, yes, I am a Christian, or if it would result in you or a loved one suffering a most horrible, painstaking torture, would you be strong enough to say it? I pray to God that I will never have to find out. Yet, these martyrs in the tribulation period will have to do just that. They will stand up face to face against the most evil man in the history of the entire world. Satan, who in comparison will make Hitler seem like he was the candy man, will possess this man, the Antichrist. The martyrs will look him in the eye, knowing what a hor horrible death they are about to undergo, yet proclaim, Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, and my God. With that, they will be beheaded. Revelation 20, verse 4b says, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who did not worship the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. So what will be their reward for this total rejection of Satan? Revelation 20 verse 4c says, And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. What must have been going through John's head at this time while watching 21st century martyrs being tortured and killed much the same way they were in his day. This must have been terrifying for him to realize that 2,000 years into the future, the persecution of Christians and Jews would still be going on. 
At the same time, how uplifting it must have been for John to see that Christianity was still going strong after 2,000 years. Christians were still willing to die for their faith, for their Lord and Savior in the 21st century. For a God that they have not yet seen. John knew that Jesus is real. He walked with him, talked with him, lived with him, ate with him, watched him be crucified, and saw him when he rose again from the dead. How, how precious it must have been in John's eyes that in the 21st century, we still have such faith in Jesus. Revelation 12, verse 12a. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. What a glorious time for the saints, martyrs, and God's holy angels. All the heavens and everything in them are rejoicing. The devil is finally getting his due. He can no longer stand before the throne of God accusing believers. Zechariah 3 verse 1 and 2 says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? No longer will Satan be able to fly through the heavens with his demons, polluting and corrupting everywhere and wherever they go. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 through 3 says, And you have made, a, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. For God's angels, there is peace. The war they have been fighting with Satan for over 6,000 years is now over. It's not a truce or a peace agreement. It is a total victory over Satan. There is now peace in heaven forever. Satan and his army are confined to the earth. They are grounded. Isaiah 14, 12-17 states, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest pit, depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? And in Luke chapter 11, verse 17 and 18a, 
Jesus said, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and the house divided against the house itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Satan's kingdom is full of evil, and he keeps his souls captive prisoners. Jesus, however, sets his souls free. Revelation 12, verse 12b. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. While heaven is rejoicing, the earth is crying. The devil and his whole army of fallen angels and demons are confined permanently to the earth. He has great wrath. Why? Because he is confined to the earth. No, it's because he knows that he has but a short time. He has exactly three and a half years before he is cast into the lake of fire forever. This is one of the main reasons Satan wants to keep people from reading the book of Revelation more than any other book of the Bible. It reveals that Satan loses and that anyone who chooses to follow him instead of Jesus Christ loses also. From this point on, Satan goes absolutely crazy. He goes on a rampage and releases all his anger and fury, not against the church or Christians, but against Israel. This is for the proof that the church is not on the earth during this time, but in heaven. He will try to accomplish what ancient Rome and Hitler failed to do, which is to totally and completely annihilate the Jews from the face of the earth. Revelation 12 verse 13 Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman, Israel, who gave birth to the male child, Jesus. The Antichrist's persecution of Israel and his ultimate failure was referred to by the prophets. You can read about it in Isaiah chapter 10 verses 24 through 27 and chapter 14 verses 5 through 12, Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 4 through 9, and Daniel chapter 8 verses 23 through 25, chapter 9 verse 27, and chapter 11 uh, verse 36, and chapter 12 verses 1 through 4. Revelation 12:14 But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time that's three and a half years from the presence of the serpent Israel will flee into the wilderness with the supernatural help of God but not all will flee the Israelites that convert to Christianity during this time will stand firm against the Antichrist rather than run and hide. The remnant of Israel's seed that do not flee into the wilderness are those who keep the commandments of God. But they also have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the, these are the, the Jewish Christians, Jews that have 
turned their faith from the Jewish faith to Christianity. John said of himself, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, a Jew, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, a Christian. That's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. John was a Jew. When he was chosen by God to follow him, he was, he was Jewish. But he turned to be a Christian when he followed Christ. God himself prepares a place in the wilderness for those who do flee, showing that he is in control even when it looks like he's not. They will pre be protected there for three and a half years, which shows us that it could only be by divine intervention that they could hide from Satan for that length of time. Some people believe that because this verse says that she was given two wings of a great eagle, that the United States, because our symbol is the bald eagle, is going to airlift Israel into the secret place in the wilderness. Scripture, however, reveals this is false. In Exodus 19, uh, verse 4, uh, it says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you, Israel, on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. That's God speaking. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 11 and 12, As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him, Israel, and there is no foreign God with him. Neither, neither the United States nor any other nation will be able to take the credit for this exodus into the wilderness. The world will know without a doubt that this was God's intervention and that Israel is under the protection of his hand. After all the disasters that have happened in the first 11 chapters of Revelation, it is highly unlikely that the United States or any other nation will have the resources to feed themselves, let alone another entire nation. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 20 speaks of this time when Israel will flee into their place. Quote, Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the in this indignation is past." Unquote. In Psalm 74, verse 12 through 14, quote, For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food for the people inhabiting the wilderness. Where is Israel hid? In the wilderness. God will destroy the Antichrist and his armies right in front of Israel's eyes. It will be a present to them from God. Revelation 12 verse 15. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. This flood is symbolic of a massive army the Antichrist will send out after Israel. 
There is no body of water large enough in that part of the wilderness to be able to flood Israel out. Satan does not have that kind of power over the elements, but he does have that kind of power over the armies of the world. Jeremiah 47 verse 2 and 3 says, This is what the Lord says. See how the waters are rising in the north? They will become an overflowing torrent. They will overflow the land and everything in it, the towns and those who live in them. The people will cry out. All who dwell in the land will wail at the sound of the hooves of galloping steeds, at the noise of enemy chariots and the rumble of their wheels. Fathers will not turn to help their children. Their hands will hang limp. Isaiah 59.19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. In Jeremiah 46, verse 7 and 8, Who is this coming up like a flood, whose waters move like the rivers? Egypt rises up like a flood, and its waters move like the rivers. And he says, I will go up and cover the earth. I will destroy the city and its inhabitants. And in Daniel chapter 11, verse 22 and 26, With the force of a flood they shall be swept away from before him and be broken, and also the prince of the covenant. Yes, those who eat of the portion of his delicacies shall beat, shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. So the flood is not a literal flood of water. It is a massive, massive army that will come against Israel. Why will Israel be able to hide out? And in whose territory will they be hiding? In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 9, the Lord commands Israel, Do not harass Moab, which is present-day Jordan, nor contend with them in battle. For I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar, also part of present-day Jordan, to the descendants of Lot as a possession. Lot was Abraham's brother, Haran's son, that traveled with Abraham after Haran died. Also in Isaiah chapter 16, verse 3 and 4a, God commands Moab, which is present-day Jordan, Take counsel, execute judgment, make your shadow like the night in the middle of the day, hide the outcasts Israel, do not destroy Israel who escapes, let my outcasts Israel dwell with you, O Moab, or Jordan, be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler, which we know is the Antichrist. Moab, present-day Jordan, is commanded to welcome the outcasts, Israel, and not to betray her to the Antichrist. This area also happens to be the part of the wilderness where Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years with Moses. Revelation 12, verse 16. But the earth helped the woman 
and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Once again we see God's intervention to save Israel and destroy the Antichrist army coming after her. Revelation 12 verse 17 And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Satan is furious. If Satan can't have Israel, he'll take his vengeance out on the remnant of her seed, the ones who did not flee but decided to stay in Israel. The remnant that stayed were the converted Jews. Satan will try to slaughter whoever is left of those who believe in Jesus Christ. The last of the martyrs are about to be killed, and the cries that went up from the saints in Revelation 6.11 are now going to be answered.